We are in the final weeks of the offseason. Penn State football reports to training camp August 1st. So we are beginning our season preview for the Penn State Nittany Lions in 2022. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, season preview part one. We're taking a look at the defensive line. We're taking a look at the quarterbacks. What do you think we're going to start with? BWI Daily Edition, of course, a season preview would not be complete without senior editor Nate Bauer. He and I are going to be tag teaming, looking at the position uh, breakdown of the roster overall and going through some of the work that he and I are doing over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, giving you the full in-depth preview for if you're just getting into Penn State football, the names to know all the way down into some of the stuff we've been discussing in depth all offseason. So this is going to be a comprehensive look, hopefully at each position heading into training camp in the first couple weeks of training camp. Cause I don't know how long this is going to go. Like we've got a lot of pieces to get through Nate. Yeah. I honestly, I thought you messed up. I was like, Oh man, we're going to have to do this take again. <laughs> Defensive line. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I scared everyone. Uh, yeah. But no, of course we're starting with the quarterbacks. It is the most important position and the hottest topic. And of course the uh, most interesting topic when it comes to Penn state football in 2022. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start? Let's start with giving a uh, recap of the players and the names to know at this position. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So for those of you that are not aware, here is the Penn State quarterback roster and a, an approximation of what we think the depth chart looks like to start the season. Uh, Sean Clifford, one of the most experienced players in all of college football, let alone the Penn State roster. PFF career snaps over 2,000. Stands six foot two, two twelve. His primary backup, Christian Veyu. You see, there's a little bit of a difference between Clifford and the rest of the uh, the players here. 57 career snaps for Veyu. Most of them coming in one game in relief of Clifford, who was uh, sick during the Rutgers game. Then the true freshman, Bo Perbula and Drew Aller, both rounding out the bottom of the depth chart here. And we'll get into more about that uh, in the future. Later on in the show, we'll talk about each of those groups of players in depth. But when it comes to this position, Nate, stock watch heading into the season. Yeah. What, where, where are we buying low selling high, or are we shorting the Penn state quarterbacks to start the year? <clears throat> I think it has to be better. Right. I, I mean, I, and uh, maybe I'm just uh, an optimistic person by nature, but I see the totality of Penn State football and think to myself, hey, Sean, Sean Clifford is, it's fine to talk about Sean Clifford, right? We're, we're going to do it all day. Yeah. Um, and his performance absolutely leaves things to be desired, right? I mean, We've all seen the film breakdowns. We've all talked ad nauseum last year, or the year before, about things that he, um, you know, doesn't do well, right? Because they become glaring, they're noticeable. Um, and I think that that has led to, in some respects, something of an unearned reputation for him in terms of, hey, he, th this hasn't happened in a vacuum, right? Like the things that, that, Sean Clifford has struggled with have been a direct result of things that 
other areas of the field, particularly on the offensive line, have also struggled with, right? He, he, he uh, the, the thing that he does worst is handle pressure. And the thing right. that the offensive line allows the most <laughs> is pressure. And so yeah. quite naturally, if mm-hmm. the, the offensive line is able to take strides, if running backs are able to straight take strides and create more of a running game, um, if the tight ends are, are, are able to be more consistent, if the receivers provide more options than just Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington, all mm-hmm. of those different things, I think, can create an environment in which Sean Clifford has more of an ability to succeed. Not so to mention not- the fact, I'm just going to say, like, not sure. to mention the fact that I think that that 24-year-old Sean Clifford kind of naturally will be better. Yeah. You know, the more time in the system, all of those different things yeah. um, that come with age and experience, I, I think will provide him a platform to be better than he was last year. Uh, Sean Clifford about to get his college football pension at this point uh, <laughs> with as many years as he, uh, you saw there on the on the breakdown. And I'll throw up here just again because I think it's funny. So, you know, with the covid year, you've got red shirt senior plus a designation that really doesn't exist outside of the current landscape for as long as, you know, the COVID year, the bonus year exists. But there's a lot of modifiers on his his years and time at Penn State. So really what you're saying is it's not just stock up for Sean Clifford or the quarterback position. This is kind of a barometer of a stock up for the Penn State offense in your mind of things have to be a little bit better this year. Yeah, I mean, look, like I, and and maybe this is incorrect thinking and forgive me if it is but i i just tend to revert to what i saw in the first four games and one quarter of play yeah. last season or five games of play last season and i thought that things were trending before he got hurt and even during the iowa game things were trending in the right direction, right? Yeah. Like the, the offense was not explosive necessarily against Wisconsin. That was a tough Wisconsin team. You're playing on the yeah. road. I, I don't want to rehash every single game. I guess my point is simply that all, all of the, the indicators of where Penn state's offense was going, including Sean Clifford's performance within it, were all very positive before that injury. And mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody would suggest necessarily that Wisconsin and Auburn uh, didn't turn out to be pretty good teams last season. Right. And I would say that they, the given the nature of the offense they were operating, that it was such a precise. I remember at the time, and, and this was I look back at this as kind of I don't know why this was so prophetic, but it sticks with me. You you mentioned on the show last you know, beginning of October, they have a very narrow way of winning. They need to be able to control the ball, pass the ball underneath passing. That's the way this is working because the offensive line isn't going to hold up for deep shots. Sean Clifford is inconsistent in that area for the most part, and uh, they can't run the football. So given the fact that they were as good as they were through the first couple of games of the season, I think in year two, what you're saying is, there will be more options for this team as far as how they can win games. And it should not all be on Sean Clifford's shoulders. And if last season was the the baseline of what you can do in that area, then year two, 
should be better. And I tend to agree with you. So what's the, you know, we, we talk about X factors over at the site. And if you want to read the article, bluewhiteillustrated.com, if you're not a premium member, sign up and you can get that for just $1, 12 months of access through the whole season preview to see if we're full of it, going through the season, going into the offseason, <laughs> recruiting, finishing, going into yeah. the bowl games, going into the college football playoff, going into the new era where there's 19 teams in the Big Ten. All that stuff for a dollar. But the X factor, what do you think the X factor is for this position? And is it actually about this position? Because it sounds like it's not. Yeah, well, no, look, I, I, I think that it would be naive to say that Sean Clifford personally doesn't need to be better, right? He does. Um, You know, his decision-making, his accuracy, although his accuracy was improved last year before he got hurt. It's it's kind of an under-reported, talked about, like his career completion percentage is the best in Penn State history right now. Like, I don't know if anybody knows that, but it is. Um, you, You know, so like, Yes. Does he need to take steps? Absolutely. What is the X factor? It's the offensive line for, for him and, and for the, the quarterback position as a whole is if if you're going to expect and I, and I think that this actually extends beyond Sean Clifford, because if Sean Clifford struggles. Right. And the reason that Sean Clifford struggles is because he doesn't have protection or uh, his, his running game still can't get going or the receivers are inconsistent. If any of those factors become the reason why Sean Clifford is mistake prone, forces the ball, throws more interceptions, all of those things. I think that it's a valid point to make that any of the other quarterbacks that are currently on the roster, Christian Bayer, Bo Prabula or Chris or, or Drew Alar, right? If any of those three become the next man up that has to step in, mm-hmm. they're going to struggle from the same things, right? So like those. This is an interesting point, though, because the point of the quarterback, you know, at its best, the position at its best, can make up for some of those deficiencies. Now, last season, I think you, it's fair to say, you can't make up for all the deficiencies. Sean Clifford had to be the entire offense. But if the running game still is anemic, but gives you something, right? Or if there are more than one receiver that is contributing, you know, consistently, not necessarily, uh, you know, in one individual game, but throughout the game, you've got multiple threats and guys are getting open. And Sean Clifford still struggles under pressure. If his offensive line is incrementally better, those are also reflections on him. Absolutely. And if another guy can elevate the play of those around him by making up for those mistakes, it's not its not like a quarterback goes into the mind of an offensive lineman and somehow bestows knowledge upon them like some sort of ancient mystic ritual. Tom Brady is not sitting in a, in a, in a, in a well, maybe he is in a, in a bongo circle and meditating with his offensive lineman. He's just getting rid of the football before their mistake becomes obvious. That's how you mitigate that as a quarterback. So if there's a guy that can do that, that's when we get into the conversation that we're going to have when it comes to the players at the position. And let's fully meet now those players at the position. We spent a lot of time talking about Sean Clifford and the quarterback situation. But when it comes to the returning players on the roster, he's not the only player. Although, as we saw earlier, he is the only player with any reasonable level of experience. Christian Veyu, also a part of this conversation. Um, to me, and, and I want to transition into you know what I think of kind of the X factor for this program, and it's largely what you said. 
is that the situation dictates to me how this offense is going to function. And there's something that I've been I, I've been studying this offseason when it comes to the situation comparing Sean Clifford and Will Levis. And Sean Clifford and the, the Penn State offensive line, and this has been a common thread on the Blue White Illustrated message board, which you could join for just a dollar and get in on these conversations that are a bit circular, about Iowa's offensive line versus Penn State's offensive line and holding one in higher esteem than the other. And the reality is, Iowa's offensive line and Will Levis were in better positions to make plays with the football last season than Sean Clifford was. And this is an area that I that I illustrate with this. It's called true pass sets. It's a PFF stat. Iowa had half as many true Kentucky. pass sets. <laughs> no, 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 Iowa. Iowa had half as many true pass sets along the offensive line as the Penn State offensive line. Sean Clifford on straight dropbacks with no modifications, no play action, no RPO. He had 100 more passes than Will Levis did. So Sean Clifford and the offensive line need to be put in better situations where it's not third and seven plus, and it's obvious they have to throw the football. That was a large chunk. That was the bedrock of their offense last year. That part has to change. To me, the X factor is how can this offense evolve from what it was last year and what new uh, elements does it take on? Because if it remains the same as last year, those numbers cannot maintain. You, you will get the same exact result yeah. in the end if you continue to put your offensive line, your quarterback in a must win situation with no help and no play action, no distractions for the defense. Yeah. I, I, look like we're in, and that is a, a very nice way of saying that like Sean Clifford isn't Superman, right? right. Like he's not, he's not, there is no Michael Vick or Aaron Rodgers or you name it, right? These quarterbacks that you have seen, in the past that are so dynamic that they can just truly save the day for an offense, right? They, they can just yeah. overcome whatever the deficiencies are. I mean, I just, it, it is, it is so much of his success is predicated on the pieces and how they perform around him because mm -hmm. yes, you're right. If, if those other steps happen, if the offensive line is better, if the running backs are better, if there are more receivers that are open, that catch the ball consistently, if all of those things take place and Sean Clifford's play does not elevate with it, then at that point, I think that you have some decisions to make, right? Like, I think that there right. are things that you have to consider. If he if he is, is going out and completing 51% of his passes and all of those other things are are there, right? Yeah. That, that the, the receptions don't happen because uh, he's air mailing passes, not receivers dropping passes, mm -hmm. um, then fine. Right. Like I, that's all, that's fair. That's good. And they need to evaluate that situation when that happens. Yeah. However, for the time being, if, if those things don't take steps forward, concurrent to Sean Clifford steps forward, uh, Penn State will continue to be in the same the same predicament. You're absolutely right. Where does offensive coordinator Mike Yersich come into this? Where do you think that it fits? Where where is his? Uh, I don't want to say his role because obviously he's the offensive coordinator, but where does he fit into this conversation of Sean Clifford's performance and the offense's performance outside of the execution of those plays by the players? Yeah, that, I mean. To me, so much of it is about what's happening right now and what will happen in a week and a half when Penn State starts preseason camp. 
is how well does Sean Clifford and again, the pieces around him feel comfortable and fluid with all of the different ingredients that, that Mike Yersich wants to implement in this offense, right? If, if, if that can't be established and Mike Yersich goes into the season feeling as though there's certain elements of the game that, yeah, he would love to do or that he thinks are solutions to whatever problems defenses are ultimately going to present against Penn state, then he's hamstrung. Right. Right. Like he, he, he needs to, he needs to be able to have a full repertoire because I, I think that he's done a fairly good job of explaining. And, and this has been the case multiple years over, right. Is defenses will have success against him, right. Uh, defenses will have success against Penn state. It's how you're able to respond. It's how you're able to counter whatever that blueprint is. And last year, what I think you saw happen was, a, a blueprint went down that every other team afterwards was able to to pretty much model their defensive approach and say, right. "Hey, this is what we're going to do." We're it, like there weren't there was no guessing game for defensive opponents of Penn State as the season progressed. And so, if if he's going to have success, if Sean Clifford's going to have success, the offense is going to have success. They have to be able to keep people off balance. That's that's such a huge ingredient to what they want to do. Um, and and that's why over the next four weeks, five weeks, they got to get that all in. <laughs> they got to they build on the foundation that was built in the spring and all of last season to be able to take those steps forward and truly have a, a broad array of what they're proficient at so that there are answers to all of those problems that defenses are going to present. So let's take a quick second uh, to introduce you officially to the freshman quarterbacks on Penn State's roster because we have not talked much about them at this point, and then we'll kind of wrap everything up with our, our, you know, kind of our broader thoughts and maybe some of the specific things we want to get into at the end here. But of course, five-star quarterback Drew Aller, a lot of Penn State's fan base wants the future to start now. They want to see Aller on the field. And three-star quarterback Bo Prabula, another very impressive um, and and uh, I think dynamic recruit that even though he is not of the same profile as Drew Aller, both equal footing so far throughout the spring and the summer with Prabula even a little bit ahead of the five-star quarterback so far. So those are the two young guys that we see uh, for the Nittany Lions and the future of Penn State with one caveat, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But what's your opinion or what's your thought on where the freshmen fit into this picture and what you're thinking about them as far as what they get out of this year and where they um, they're best served? I, I don't know if you saw it. I, I saw it and I didn't actually click on the link. So I, I'm not sure how truthful what I'm about to say is, but didn't you see a report this week on Arch Manning intending to take a red shirt at Texas? I had, I had not noticed or seen that article. My point is if the most hyped quarterback in all of God's green earth for yeah. years over years yeah. intends to take a red shirt, I think there's a fairly strong indicator and a suggestion that, hey, this is the best course of action for 99% of quarterback prospects 
is to be able to have at least a year, preferably to getting the system, the culture, the leadership aspect. Like there's just so much that goes into it and into that position to do it well. Yes, there are things and instincts that you can rely on as a playmaker that you can play that position and and have some success for sure. But the more time that you're given, the more experiences that you have, that depth of knowledge when you step out onto the field, it all helps. It all helps. And so yep. to me, the best, the best situation that Penn State can ask for is for neither of these guys to play this season, right? Or, or yeah. at best, at best, um, y- you know, to get in a, a 70 point, with a 70 point advantage, right? Yeah. <laughs> where Penn, State, where Penn State's right. up by 40 in the first half, Christian Veyer, because that's, that's, I think you made a relevant point to me off camera. Christian Veyer is that guy. Like he's, he's actually the guy that yeah. you need to deliver those reps to. And so if the opportunities present themselves, that that's how it needs to kind of shake out uh, to make the best of the position moving forward. Quick clarification. On ESPN's first take, former Texas quarterback Vince Young, quote, hearing Arch Manning will redshirt at Texas. So um, it's the I think it's the obvious answer. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to discredit the reporting, but Vince Young hearing Arch Manning is going to take a red shirt. Just uh, Vince, 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 Vince. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's you've got. You've got a lot of players that need a lot of experience, but when it comes to the freshmen, let's examine some of the situations we've seen true freshmen, notable true freshmen play very well. And I'm going to give you two examples that are off the top of of my head here. Mm -hmm. Um, You have Andrew Luck. I believe he played as a true freshman, and I actually should probably check that before I say it as a fact. He played for Jim Harbaugh in an, in a, uh, Two tight end, fullback, Stanford offense that was run first, heavy play action, throw the ball down the field. Uh, then you have Trevor Lawrence, who stepped onto one of the more talented offenses in the recent history of college football with uh, T. Higgins, Justin Ross, Travis Etienne, uh, a good offensive line, and a simple playbook. I, I, I can't stress enough that the, the, the Clemson offense the receivers basically run two routes, stop and go. And that, that that's it. And I, you know, I'm hyperbolizing here, but like when you watch them, you watch what they do. They rely on simplicity, speed, and being elite athletes, being better than you. So fitting into those things are very specific for young quarterbacks and their success, very specific situations where they were running with a lot of talent and a lot of things helping them out around them. We are not talking about that at Penn State. We are talking about, does the offensive line get better? Is there another receiver? Can they find this synergy on offense? That's not plugging in a quarterback that's a freshman into one of the better uh, offenses you've seen. And he also didn't start right away. That was like five games into the season where Trevor Lawrence came into and replaced uh, you know, a longtime starter. So those are some very specific situations and some very unique players that they they got into the situation but i want to talk about christian veyer for a minute because the the spotlight tends to go from critical on sean clifford to 
on a pedestal with Drew Aller, and we entirely skip Christian Veyer. Yep. What is your expectation for him this year? Can he actually press the starter to make things interesting at some point in the season? Yes, I, I, I do think so. I mean, I, I think that he played well in the spring. I think that his moment in the actual season where he was able to step in and, and in that Rutgers game obviously went well for him. Are, are like, is there a little bit of a wishful thinking about how prepared he is to, to step into that role and all of that it entails? I think so. Uh, right. I think that, that the perception is, Oh, well, you know, Sean Clifford, you forget Sean Clifford. You got to give this other guy a try. Right. I, I think is a, a little more simplistic than it needs to be. I think Mike Yersich laid out fairly clearly that he needs to improve his prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. He need uh, on the practice field in the film room, game prep, all, all of that stuff needs to be better from what it was his first year. And that's what you expect for a quarterback in his first year on campus, like the, you know, yeah. the, just setting reasonable expectations here. So yes, now that he has another year in the system, Yes, I, I do think that he is going to be able to put himself in a position where he can compete with Sean Clifford. However, however, I, it and you know, look, like I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with this, but I, my take on James Franklin and how he kind of operates is that the train would need to be off the tracks for, right. for that to happen. <laughs> Right, it just would is is right. it would need to be such a disaster and or Sean Clifford getting hurt for that to take place. That doesn't mean that Penn State won't try to find as many opportunities, and I think that they will. They'll try to find as many opportunities as they can to get him game reps. He needs them. Yeah. That, that, Sean Clifford is not coming back after this season. It is assured, right? And so how they proceed from here is very much, uh, you know going to be determined by the opportunities that they can get. Those things are all valuable and they're going to have to make a concerted effort to make sure that he gets in games. Maybe, maybe, you know, even in the second quarter when the game's in doubt, right? Like just Mm -hmm. pick, pick your spots, pick your spots, find your opportunities and, and try to make the most of them so that going into next year, those guys are ready for that opportunity. Uh, I want to, finish up by kind of looking at the position overall now that we've talked about each of the individual players and before that you know what I've seen from Christian Veyu and what everyone has seen from Christian Veyu I'm going to put this up for the third time now just so everyone understands this is not everything but this is what we're going off of 57 career snaps so what we think we know about Christian Veyu there is more that we do not know I talked about this in my film evaluation of him after the Rutgers game. Very interesting, uh, unique performance in the fact that they were game planning for Sean Clifford. Suddenly, a freshman quarterback's on the football field, and they were attacking him in a way that didn't make any sense other than if you look at it through the lens of they weren't expecting to see him on the field. We have no idea what he looks like throwing into zone coverage. The majority of his snaps that he threw into coverage last year were just in single coverage, pressure, and he performed in those situations. He performed well on the football field. I'm not trying to take away from what he did, but if we think we know something about Christian Veyu, even the cool decision-making under pressure sort of 
things he exhibited, the, the, the quick decisions of, okay, I know I'm going to run this and I'm going to cut here and all those natural things of, he talked about just like, when you get out there, just get out and play. Like it's a football game. Don't overthink it. We have not seen him truly pressed, like truly a team game planned against him. He's down. Like we have so much information to learn, mm -hmm. but I want to learn it. Yeah. I want to see it. And I don't know that I care if it's in the fourth quarter in a mop-up duty performance because there's less to learn there. So, you know, it, it, from, from an evaluation standpoint, it would be so much more interesting if there was a quarterback competition or if, if he was so good this year that there was he forced somebody's hand. And going back to that question, would the hand ever be forced? Yeah. What do you, do you think James Franklin would if it was if it was very close would it ever come down to performance and and would Sean Clifford be pulled? Because I have a hard time and I I know we've seen it before but I have a hard time seeing it be the final thing where we see somebody else. Um no. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I I mean I I just look uh there is a consistency to the approach, right? Of mm -hmm. obviously James Franklin has a history. He played the position. He he understands or believes in the idea that quarterback matters, that having a mm -hmm. single voice that right. He, he didn't want to ever have a two quarterback system, right? That kind of became popularized or was used, right? Or in vogue eight years ago. Um, it just, that's not his style. That's not what I think his aims are. And honestly, again, you're always making trade-offs, right? There are always things that, yes, one guy does well, but and another might do even better, um, and drawbacks to that as well. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that, Yes, if if Sean Clifford struggles and mm -hmm. all the other ingredients are there and it seems as though Sean Clifford is inhibiting their performances, right? Inhibiting. Yeah. And Christian Veyu has, or Veyer, excuse me, has presented himself to be such an overwhelming, strong option in practice, in everything that he does, and in games then then yes maybe that's something that could happen but that just it just doesn't seem likely to me that doesn't seem to fit the the model of everything yeah. that's come before it so for for a lot of people i'm i don't think it would be a surprise that the conversation leads to this point at the end of a video talking about the Penn State quarterback position and Sean Clifford but to be clear to sum all of this up Nate and I are both expecting a better performance from him yeah. this year. Both of us are expecting him to be better this year, like borderline good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's and and that's kind of where my head is at. Even before you said that, it's just like we we always tend to go, I think, from the outside, right? And all of us yeah. are outside. Media's outside. Fans are outside. Everybody's on the outside looking in. But maybe it's learned a little bit based on what happened in 2020 against the expectations that they had. I get it. Right. We all mm -hmm. get it. We've been down that path. Maybe it's a little bit about what happened last year after, again, they had a 
pretty good start to the season. Really good start to the season. They were number four in the country last year <laughs> yeah. and, and beat some top 25 teams to get there. But then what happened after it? They lost to Illinois, right? Nobody saw that Wait, what? coming. What? I, I know I, you I, can't, you can't believe it, but they lost to Illinois. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. The play was so bad. Yeah. Discounting the injury that it, it just shaded things for the rest of the season. And to be honest with you, this is a counterpoint against my own argument and against our argument is that he was not good, did not play well in the Outback Bowl. Yeah. And that was yep. with time to heal. That was with a, a, a cleaner slate. So no John Dawson, obviously we don't need to get into that, but I, I just think ultimately we tend to start to think in worst case scenarios with Sean Clifford specifically, yeah. but also in terms of decision-making and how those decisions will come to be for Penn State, depending on X scenario, Y scenario, Z scenario. Yep. But the truth is, our expectations, both you and I, is that they're not going to get to those scenarios. They're right. not going to be in that position. Are they going to lose games this year? Absolutely. I don't yes. expect Penn State to go undefeated. Yep. Uh, but I do think that Sean Clifford will play well enough, along with the other characters and the other the, the rest of the cast on the yeah. on Penn State's offense, to win games. Absolutely. Let, let me let me kind of put a bow on it from my how I view things and kind of my perspective of things. And th these are these are shortcuts so that you understand where I'm coming from, what I've seen on film. So PFF grades are always, you know, polarizing, but they paint an I think an accurate picture of performance in a season. So 2019 from a clean pocket, meaning no pressure on him. Sean Clifford was an average quarterback in his first season starting his, his grade was like a 69.1 or seven or something like that. That's, that's just a starter. That's not anyone doing much positive for your program in 2021. He had a 90 grade. That is an elite grade from a clean pocket. So give him time, give him a pocket as a senior. He can deliver for you. The problem was last year. He was one of, if not the worst quarterback under pressure and he was under a lot of pressure. In 2019, he did not have to throw the ball as much. They were a run-first, run-heavy team with Journey Brown and Noah Kane. Find that balance, take some of the pressure off of him, and allow that clean pocket efficiency and unpredictability of your offense, because they're not expecting you to throw the ball 50 times a game, to let him play in his best environment. And I don't think that's unreasonable. We're not asking for a perfect scenario. We're asking for... An average scenario. And I think that's a fair thing to ask for from this offense. And I, and I, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll go to this because Mike Yersich has said it. And I think Sean Clifford has said it in the spring. And it, it, for whatever reason, it, it eludes our radar a little bit. Sean Clifford, 95% of what he does is very much in the category of fine to better than fine, right? Like mm -hmm. he, he, he is not hurting you. It is, Four plays a game for him that have upended trajectories of football games, right? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. it, it is, it is the strip sack. It is the the costly interception. It is, it's not, it's not this avalanche of bad play necessarily or mediocrity. It is him being able to avoid to 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 that one shot mentality, right. Of, of, yeah. of gaming it out where yes, you, you don't put your team in such a bad position 
by making these just not just costly mistakes. Everybody throws interceptions, but throwing pick sixes, right? right? Like not just fumbling the ball or taking a sack, but doing both at the same time and having it go for a touchdown the other way. Those are the things that absolutely crush Penn state and it's opportunities to win games, especially when games are decided by a margin of three or four points, which they were last year. Yeah. So if, if, if that's kind of where they are as a program, if they are still in that space where they're going to have right out of 12 games, seven that are decided by a touchdown or less, right? Six, maybe you can't do that. <laughs> you can't have that happen. That those have to be the things that you avoid. And so if, if he makes improvements in that specific area, uh, I do think that he can have a, a, a good to very good year. The Penn State football season is just, I mean, you could probably calculate it in hours at this point. I don't know. It's a lot of hours, but we're days away from the start of Penn State training camp. And uh, season preview part one is in the books. We've taken a look. We've deconstructed. We have broken them down to the very atoms that created them, the quarterbacks for Penn State football. And we're going to keep doing that like throughout the rest of the season. Like this is not over. We'll be talking about Penn State's quarterback situation all the way until the next starter is named. And then we'll be debating about that particular decision all the way until the sun explodes. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. BWI Daily Edition season preview is going to roll along. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Uh, we're going to be going position by position. We might include the defensive line together. We might not. I don't know. We'll have to take a look. We spent 35 minutes on quarterbacks. We probably won't spend that on every single position because we'll probably spend more time on each position. <laughs> Nate and I, we like to get into the details. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Nate is coming back for our mailbag show on Thursday. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and wherever you get to podcast. Thank you to the nearly 9,000 people that download the BWI daily. 9,000. Talk to you tomorrow.